Don't start chanting for Alan to take it off before I hit the record button. <laughs> hey, you know, when in Vegas, <laughs> I gotta bring a little something back. Reviewing, viewing, and previewing sports, entertainment, and events, Dirty Dina Studio presents Sea Space City, starring Alan, Ricky, and Brian. Welcome to the Sea Space City podcast. It is I, the Podfather Brian, in the studio, and via satellite, I have the real stars of the show, Alan and Ricky. Fellas, how we doing, Alan? Hmm. I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain, you know? You know, unfortunately, the way we started off the last podcast, you know, it wasn't the best news because, you know, all them fellers did, uh, you know, get uh, imploded upon, as I think we all pretty much knew. But, um, yeah, um, not to lead off this one with another bummer. We're doing fine. We're breathing. You know, we, we're stretching. We're good. We're, you know, back. Ooh, look at that. Good rotations on the arms. I don't know. I might have the, up the youngest there. guy on the podcast is showing off how limber he is. <laughs> Ricky, hey, I do yoga. I buddy. just almost had a back spasm though, so probably not. <laughs> Ricky, how you doing, buddy? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Me, just up over here trying to wonder who would win in a fight between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> is that actually gonna happen, dude? Let's you? see it at SummerSlam, baby. So, <laughs> are we gonna have the Lizard King versus the the Optimus Prime, or what are we gonna have here? <laughs> we we very well might. <laughs> Which one's Optimus Prime? Hold oh, on. it's totally Zuckerberg. <laughs> Elon Musk. Zuckerberg's no. the robot. <laughs> Lizard King is They're definitely Zuckerberg. <laughs> I don't know. All those Elon's kind of twitchy like Lizard a lizard. King. <laughs> that's a robot tick. That's uh that's a, I need a com- compute, computing, computing, computing answer. It's like, mm, mm. I don't think so, Joe Rogan. That's not how life works, you know? And, I think they need to, I think they need to battle for the uh, social media supremacy, Facebook versus Twitter, whichever one loses, it's gone forever. Let's just kill. So them. is Matt Cardona going to have to give up one of his titles? Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> You know it. <laughs> yeah, they can win the uh, Impact Wrestling social media belt. <laughs> Their digital championship. <laughs> I mean, Twitter versus Facebook. Does the winner get Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> Is the winner a loser as well? <laughs> I mean, I like Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Twitter versus yeah. Facebook for the for the custody of of Twitter's uh, model. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we started off on an interesting note with some talk, and you know, I guess the challenge was actually put out there, and NWA invited them to settle it there. Uh, Impact invited them. I think uh, <laughs> I think I saw something about WWE was open to hosting it. 
<laughs> I know uh, Mark Zuckerberg was at a UFC event one time. It was like one of the events at the Apex where he, it was just kind of Mark Zuckerberg and then like a lot of family members of the fighters and stuff there. So <laughs> maybe they'll do it uh, for UFC at the, the end of the year. Go ahead and look that. Yeah, but I mean, him going to the Apex, which is like a private facility, is a lot easier than him going to like the T-Mobile Center and getting like a front row seat there, you know, because there's a bunch of other people around. Of all the arenas <laughs> in the world, what does Alan oh, well, break that's out? Just the Apex the Center, T-Mobile Center, the Apex T-Mobile. Center, and the and the T-Mobile Center are in Vegas. <laughs> that's that's why they built they they built the T-Mobile Center for the UFC uh-huh, uh-huh. or the Toyota the Center. Were... It would be great if it happened at the Toyota Center. There's been big fights at the just, Toyota Center. Alan's always on the job. <laughs> So, you know what's funny is um, uh, last week's golf tournament, the Travelers, the uh, tr- the Tracer, the Trackman, was sponsored by T-Mobile. So, every time okay. they hit the Trackman, it was pink. You just watch these nice. golf balls oh, flying through the air. I was like, oh, look at that. In, that's in magenta. Magenta. Magenta, magenta. Yeah, magenta. You want me to work? <laughs> even off the clock, even though I'm not trying. It's fucking pink. <laughs> Hot fucking pink. <laughs> I don't know you what, know what? colorblind pink. decided to call it magenta. But they're wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a different some marketing genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So... We did not, in fact, have our little field trip as a group over the weekend. As yeah, um, so Alan, did you go to Star Cinema to see Forbidden Door? No, I definitely used some of my uh, Google Play Pass, whatever points, <laughs> money. <laughs> Ricky, what about so, uh, you? That's. No, I watched it on Fight TV, man. Okay. <laughs> watched it at the house, put it on the projector, used one of our speakers from BJ. <laughs> whole thing. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Man. So <laughs> I was tempted to, to use a VPN by Ricky, uh, but I just didn't want to pull the trigger. It was twelve ninety nine a month for the VPN, you know, but I was like, ah, I could have I watched the, the, the pay-per-view for free as well. For, for, for anyone wondering about that, I've never done this before, and I would never. But like, he, if he you twists his mustache. VPN, literally twisting no, 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 the no, no, end no, of no, his mustache. No, I, did I did not twiddle my mustache. Oh, man, we got to play poker with Ricky, because god damn, that's a tell. I did not twiddle my mustache. <laughs> so basically, if you use a VPN here in the States to say that you are perhaps in Europe or the UK or something, you can buy the events on Fight Pass on Fight TV, not Fight Pass, but uh, Fight TV uh, for like twenty bucks, as opposed to like the sixty bucks that it costs here in the states. <laughs> so. Well, Alan had all those Google bucks to well, use up. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to use that in uh, in stuff that I actually like instead of the poker app. <laughs> so. Um, I, I read reviews. It sounded like an excellent show, but I'm going to let you guys uh, go nuts and uh, tell us all about it. Oof, man. So this was the second the second uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Um, honestly, 
great pay-per-view to start off MJF versus um, Tanahashi. Tanahashi. Yeah, I wanted to say Okada or Tanahashi. But Tanahashi, uh, last pay-per-view, actually also fought for the World Heavyweight Championship against John Moxley. So it was a, a second chance for him. Um, MJF, though, got the dub. Um, was very nice heel match by MJF. And honestly, I'm I'm excited to see what Wembley holds for MJF. Yeah, yeah, really fun matchup. Uh, so MJF came out with an NJPW is an indie t- <laughs> on his jacket. <laughs> it was like hilarious. his robe, his Ric so, Flair robe. Yeah, on the <laughs> robe, on the robe. So uh, like basically like MJF calling that an indie for people who don't watch wrestling and give a shit about it. An indie thing is like a smaller wrestling organization. NJPW does not see itself as like an independent organization. They see itself, they see themselves as a full-blown organization, which most people do. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an okay match. It's really slow-paced, you know. Um, Tanahashi Okada was like the real fire spark for the new generation of uh, New Japan uh, wrestlers. And, like, Tanahashi's a little bit older at this point, you know, so he, mm. he just cannot move as well as he used to. And MJF worked the match like like a goddamn pro, man. Like, he went full shit yeah. in this match. Like, he went um, – I wrote on here the tricks of the trade. This was a real tricks of the trade match. So, like, if you were to look at, like, a sort of insider's wrestling book, about like how to get booed <laughs> as a heel, how to be how a to perfect heel, steer the face. Like MJF re- used like every single tactic in that book to try and. I mean, honestly, he, he, he pulled out something that that you don't see much often, which is the using the rope for leverage at, on a hold. You know, whenever you got the 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 muffler stretch, you know, when you got a guy uh, stretched out. <laughs> Try to give him a back spasm. You're holding the rope to get a little bit more leverage. That's pretty good old school. Just a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Tanahashi is really in his legends phase. So he's at that portion where, like, he wrestles these slow paced matches. I wrote down in the notes right up over here that I have. I hesitate to say that Tanahashi's best days are behind him, but definitely his most athletic days are behind him. So. But you know he's at that legends portion where it's tough to get booed and oh, people just kind of respect him. But, I I can yeah. empathize with him. <laughs> <laughs> so MJ, so MJ a one, big hit him with the ring and yada yada. Yeah. Okay. First. Yeah. Match. Yeah. <laughs> a, a big thing happened. I think it was Saturday. He he fought on Collision, right? Tanahashi. Yeah. Or was yeah. it on Rampage? Really Fought good matchup against Swerve. Yeah, that matchup was really yes. good, actually. That one Great was, matchup against Swerve. I thought Swerve, that, that one was but there, probably better than the MJF match. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a there was like a slip up or something where he he missed uh, timing in the top rope move or something. Yeah. Um. Apparently, Twitter, the Twitter world, hello Twitter world, <laughs> um, had a field day with him and were like really disrespectful. And that pissed off uh, a lot of. Uh, Wait, Twitter was disrespectful. Legends like uh, Bully yeah, Ray, Mark Ray. Henry, <laughs> and um, I was I, I honestly, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to get all these serious XM free trials, boys, because I just listen to Busted Open in the mornings. Man, 
It's a great show. Screw okay, podcasting. Yeah. It's okay. It's pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, like, uh, especially when it was, like, after um, Forbidden Door, right? Just being able to get a little bit of a reaction from, from like, the Holy Ray. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, you know? Yeah. Next match was uh, CM Punk and Kojima. Kojima, a bit yeah. of a legend from back in the day, too. His most athletic days are behind him. Hence uh, a, a sort of <laughs> pattern coming on here. But and honestly, was, a hard-hitting match. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one was actually pretty okay. It was real solid. Um, Punk kind of got booed. He got a lot more booze than you would expect because he was in uh, Kenny Omega's home country. He was in Canada. Therefore, you know, you get booed if you go against Kenny Omega and backstage uh, beasts and stuff like that. Punk, how perfect was he in that heel role? He just played the heel yeah. throughout the entire matchup. Like, heel, heel punk he, is like the He played the punk. heel role, but then he also started winning the crowd with the match progression. Yeah. So it was a, a pretty good uh, – definitely he's in his John Cena he, uh, uh, face heel era, right, when it's the the fans hate you. It's but you're going to gonna work your ass hard. It's, it's hard to say to, to because like, he's, getting, he's, he's only gotten booed in uh, Canada so far. So when he's not in Canada like or Chicago, it's going to be really interesting to see. Like I think it's going to be probably Definitely. like 70-30 cheers though still. But like mm. there's going to be some boos out there. But what another thing that I had for this matchup is I thought that it was kind of a funky way to start out the show. Actually like with, with these two sort of younger-ish, you know – Top AEW stars versus these, um, you know, legendary New Japan guys. Like it was, it was two really. CM Punk's not youngish. I mean, Cena's in his forties, isn't he? Or not Cena? Yeah, well, Cena is, but um, Punk. Punk. <laughs> Punk. Yeah, yeah, but he can he can still move. Punk can still move a lot better than like. Nah, I don't know. His last run definitely right now. that's questionable. <laughs> so our boy but Phil yeah, but, is forty-four. No, I mean, okay, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Hey. Brooks, mm-hmm. spry enough to be a president. <laughs> CM Punk one moved. <laughs> that was a good one. I, that one stuck right past me. <laughs> he's, he's a baby for a president, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Especially like, lately. Yes. Oh my god. So Punk, CM Punk won, moved on in the Owen Hart tournament. Next matchup, here we go. This is where the pay-per-view really started off for me. Four-way international championship match. Orange Cassidy, Shibata, Garcia, and Zack Sabre. Uh, Zack Sabre? Yeah. This fantastic sort of catch-as-catch-can, old-school hooker type of um, wrestler. Hooker, like a guy who can actually wrestle, like who can actually put you, like if you mess around and hit him in an improper way, he's gonna like grab your arm and bend it back towards your ass or something. Well, like I mean, that. if you, I feel like if you treat other hookers like the wrong way, you might have that happen too. <laughs> yeah, you, you actually might. You might pay for something like that to happen. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, so they did this segment in this matchup, which was so amazing. It was so so great. Shibata and Zack Sabre, who uh, Shibata had to retire at one point, then he came back, and one of his first matches back was like this surprise exhibition bout against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. So it was really cool to see those two in the ring again. And uh, 
one really cool angle that they did in this matchup, Shibata and Zack Sabre are, like, smacking each other, like, dead serious, like, hitting each other. Like, you know, we're not trying to knock each other out, but, you know, you're going to feel the shot. <laughs> so, and, like, uh, Daniel Garcia comes up there. They both hit Daniel Garcia. And then Daniel Garcia comes back and starts doing his little dancing move. <laughs> and then they hit Daniel Garcia again. He comes back and dances again. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was such a beautiful uh, display of like sports entertainment and wrestling in this whole mm-hmm. in the matchup. It was just, it was so great, man. So cool. Did uh, did Zack Saber fight Cesaro or Claudio last year? Yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly, and okay. Claudio's debut. Yeah, it was a, it was a great Ooh. mixture of like the strong style and the Gaga style that you'll get from wrestling sometimes. But yeah, it was a, I I am definitely excited to see what they do with Daniel Garcia. Then if that's you know like they definitely pushed Orange Cassidy after Will Ospreay, so like now that Orange Cassidy's here, yeah, let's see what happens with Daniel. <laughs> but man, that was that was definitely like you said. That's when the pay per view officially started. Yeah. Um. That was that was uh whenever you're finally. Getting home from work, you know, because we we didn't meet up at the Star Cinema Grill, so uh, I was definitely watching on the ride home. <laughs> not, not, not a uh, watching, hearing. Sorry. Well, you know, hands on ten and two. It's wild. Eyes forward. Of course, like a good little boy. It's wild that you <laughs> yeah. say that the pay per view didn't really start until after MJF and CM Punk wrestled. After the the two world champions have officially left the building, <laughs> lol. That's because I didn't I didn't really care about those matches as much. It was a, it was like those two those were super obvious results. Like you know I don't know. They, M- they MJF really match. wouldn't lose the title, yeah, because then that would set up the all in match. But then MJF would have to be like chasing, uh, like he would have, like I don't know how they would have to work that out where. Uh, Tanahashi's actually on AEW programming. Yeah, yeah. And the the Fate of Four Way was so amazing, like compared to the other two matches too. It was just it was just so good. So the next matchup mm. we had was a uh, Jungle Boy and Sonata, IWGP yeah. and Heavyweight Championship. And so not a lot to say about this matchup. It was a good matchup though, really good matchup. And um, the referee, Red Shoes, he was uh, he's like this legendary referee in New Japan. And uh, he I think he was the most over guy in the matchup. They're just getting <laughs> the Red Shoes. We love Red Shoes, Red Shoes, Red Shoes. <laughs> right so I read something dude. terrible happened after the match. Yeah, so for, for, my, for my note, that way Ricky can continue on his note, all I put was Jack Perry listened to the devil. <laughs> and those red shoes must have been, uh, you know, just like ed- egging on his mind. You know, once the ref counted the three and he looked at the red shoes, he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the frustration of everything, of trying to live up to his father's name and all of this. Seems like he finally bowled over in Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, son of Luke Perry from 90210, which is a show that. Who never wrestled, like, was, so what was the pressure? Before. <laughs> yeah but but you gotta be a great entertainer yeah to be a big name like to to uh keep the family's name sort of relevant i guess <laughs> and so uh he you chose wrestling kids nice after the matchup. 
he ended up turning on Hook after the matchup. Taz's um Taz's boy and uh yeah this was this was uh, you kind of saw the heel turn coming at some point. I thought it was a, a tad sloppily done as they had separated Jungle Boy and Hook at one portion. So that sort of made sense as to why they would bring them back together cuz I was like why are they what did they do in bringing those two dudes back together? <laughs> like they don't necessarily need to be in a tag team right well, now. Well, because because Jungle Boy didn't win the Fatal Four Way, he had to go back uh, to the mid card, undercard, you know. So it makes sense to be like, yeah. I got to team up with uh, Hook. Yeah, but I don't know. It should be interesting if uh, they're gonna, if he's gonna have to fight for the FTW belt or what's gonna happen with that storyline. I'm definitely interested to see what the build up's gonna be. I know it's definitely not going to be like a task coming back, but I mean, it might be. He might have to be a manager, and I think everybody would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. I can get so the next matchup. (laughs) And so the uh, next matchup was the Blackpool Combat Club with a couple of buddies. Yeah, the elite with a couple of buddies, (laughs) basically. So, and like the, I, this was, a, this was, oh my God, this might have been match of the night if it wasn't for uh, Osprey Omega, which we'll get to. But uh, like, this was so good. Um, I just need them to do Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Like, I think, I think. No. Got, well, yeah. I don't like, know. No, like. See, here's why I say yes and no. Here's why I say yes and no. Go ahead. They need to give the main AW audience the Claudio Castagnoli versus Eddie Kingston, like the whole story, because that's, I mean, I understand what you're saying, John Moxley, because John Moxley has that rift right now with Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston also took that BTE trigger for Moxley or the, the super kick party for Moxley. So I think that's like, you know, man, like we got this beef, but I'm still watching your fucking back out here, even though we caught the dub. I'm still catch. I'm still watching your back, motherfucker. We, we might be you. whispering here. We might hate each other, you know. Like every time, every time, and then fucking Eddie Kingston's like, "Say it, motherfucker!" Like <laughs> every time, what? That was that was my favorite part of that promo because it's like I don't know what the fuck John Moxley was gonna say. He's like, every time we're doing something good, you fuck it up, and it's like. <laughs> say it then say it <laughs> i'm gonna fuck it up you know <laughs> i agree with you bro yeah like a slow burn like you could you could start out yeah. with eddie kingston versus claudio at first but like eventually it would like, make sense though because it could be because the, i'm not saying it's going to be as big as the bloodline but that could be kind of like a story that they could work yeah or, you know it could kind of be like a bloodline type of thing not maybe not well, like big but see like the a, thing you know, the thing the bcc calls themselves is professionals right and i think Eddie Kingston is at that level where where CM Punk said it, right? We we wanted you to become the professional. We wanted you to become elite like me, like Joe, like or like Punk, like Joe, like Brian Danielson, like you know the the young bucks or whoever whatever whatever he said, right? Yeah. And I think Eddie Kingston's on that path. He everybody loves him. Like the fan base loves him. It gets big but, Yeah. If he if he can like one by one go through the BCC, even though it's been like a really like you said a really slow burn, that story's been really slow burn. But he could go, you know, Yuda, and then Castagnoli, and then maybe I know which one is uh, going to be a while. Like you said, for. Moxley. 
<laughs> Moxley. Well, yeah, the the last one would have to be Danielson because he's out for eight weeks with a. I figured arm, I'd wait know, to talk about that until you got to his match, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they got well. No, you know me. I'm, I'm a fast jumper. The last is Mox. The gun. He's got to end off with Mox because, like, he doesn't want to fight Mox. Him and Mox like don't want to fight yeah. each other, but they've just they've just been at each other for the longest, and then they just like, yo, let's just settle this in the ring. Whatever happens after this, but let's just go in there. They just have like a wild, bloody, just insane brawl where they get cut. Somebody gets cut open in like the first minute because <laughs> it's Moxley match. They're they're gonna have another explosion death match. Mox <laughs> is gonna just score. get like, busted open in his entrance, Goldberg <laughs> style. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next matchup. Well, let's let's save this one. Uh, you also had uh, Suzuki and Wyatt, uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara and then uh, yeah. Naito and Darby Allen. So it's a really fun matchup. Oof. They did this spot where they put Sting, who is 64 years old, ladies and gentlemen, 64 years old and still going strong-ish, you know, pretty decent, pretty solid. No, Not the I... worst I've ever seen in the ring. <sighs> But. Man, look, I I know I just thought I just said how you know people got mad that uh, Tanahashi was you know getting ripped apart on Twitter, but what I've seen from Sting at the last couple of matches, yeah, I think it's it's getting close to the end, and I think he definitely knows it. He said, in "I himself, think this yeah. this this uh, next match at Wembley might just have to be his his one on one match versus Chris Jericho, where they both, you know, put on a fifteen minute, you know, banger that they can slow, like you say, slow burn. Yep. I think that would be a pretty good, you know, um, farewell. Yeah, yeah. So just a couple of notes from this matchup: Minoru Suzuki, who is one of the most feared guys in Japanese pro wrestling. Go watch him uh, take on Kana, who is the who uh, that was Oscar's uh, former name, and that is mm. quite the physical matchup between. Them. That was oh quite, okay yes Minoru Suzuki versus Oscar. Just look it up; it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty wild stuff. So they called Minoru Suzuki. The crowd chanted at Minoru Suzuki, "Murder Grandpa, Murder Grandpa, Murder Grandpa." <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And one of the and the other thing that I put in there is that um, it's just insane to think that like Sting and Chris Jericho have never wrestled each other. That's just wild. That's insane. Well, I mean, light heavyweight. Uh, Chris Jericho was like cruiserweight edge on that. You know, he never really hit the main event scene on WCW. But that, so that didn't just, matter. That kind of just makes sense. Yeah, that didn't matter back in the day because like they would they would put those cruiserweight guys against the heavyweight guys all the time just to like serve them up. Because I remember but Sting had, was like, face though. Sting wouldn't go out there to bury the cruiserweight. Sting would probably team up with them or something. But it, I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, it, timeline well, it wise, makes sense, it makes sense when you think about like their journeys after WCW because like uh, mm, that too. Jericho went like immediately to WWF. WWE and uh, Steve well, just kind of went to him. He he just hung around for a while. Yeah. And he went to Impact TNA after and, after his contract expired. You know, yeah. he went to TNA and Chris Jericho did do music for TNA, but that was whenever he was just doing his Fosse beginning. So yeah, he he it, wasn't wrestling for them or anything like that. He mm-hmm. never wrestled for uh, TNA. Like uh, they finally meet up in AEW, but yeah, the six thirty. But 
So Sammy Guevara, like, yeah, six thirty, which that. is like this car, this, this like he did an entire two like revolutions and then came back around and then hit like the swanton sort of on a sixty-four year old sting. And like if you go on a table, thing, yeah, on a table. <clears throat> Sammy Guevara. Which was, he, was he, Sting supposed to technically move, or did he just decide to no sell that because he's fucking Sting? No, I think he, he was supposed to move. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he no? was supposed to take it. They've been Fuck. Yeah. He, he was just supposed to take it, and he just no sold it till the end. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he, I thought he sold it pretty, pretty solidly. But like, he came back <laughs> oh no, really yeah. Quick after that, he did. He came back, back really quick. Sting's a lot bigger than Sammy. <laughs> He's <laughs> been drinking his milk. His bones haven't gotten brittle. <laughs> the revolutions that uh, Sammy Guevara got on that thing, though, he just smashed right into uh, Sting. It was that couldn't have. Felt he landed good. perfectly too. That he didn't like overdo it. And then they had uh, so you had uh, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega. Oh my God! This um, this should have been the main event of the of the night, and you know the the main event ended up being really, really, really good too. And I'm not shitting on the main event, just saying how good Osprey and Omega was. This was another repeat off of their other matchup. This one got really gimmicky as well, but but it was it was okay gimmicky, you know. It was alright. So um. Will Ospreay does this submission chain, mind you, in Canada, where he goes from the sharpshooter, Bret Hart's sharpshooter, really cool, big pop by the crowd, and then he goes into the crippler crossface, oh, the submission hold of a one Chris Benoit. One rabid Wolverine. The rabid Wolverine. Um, we don't need to go through Which, it. by the way... That happened with Which, by the way, Adam Cole didn't make the pay-per-view again. Sorry, sorry. Adam Cole didn't make the pay-per-view again, so he needs to go check on Britt Baker and family oh, just in case, up. you know, another Ben Wall situation's in our hands. <laughs> I don't think Adam Cole has the muscles to take down Britt Baker. They're like the same size. Oh, burn! <laughs> Boom! Wow. And, and listen, wow. I say that as as somebody who really enjoys both of them, but Adam's not a big guy. <laughs> I do agree with that. It would be a tough. It would be a tough matchup for for our boy for our boy Adam Cole, baby. But uh, so so Will Ospreay transitions from the sharpshooter to Chris Benoit's crippler crossface. Uh, look up Chris Benoit in 2007 and why he is not here and why he is not mentioned on wrestling programs anymore. If you want Except to go ahead side. and do that, yeah, we don't need to go through all. We don't necessarily need to go into all that again. But the crowd chanted, "You sick fuck! You sick fuck! You sick fuck!" <laughs> well, that was whenever whenever he had Kenny Omega's blood all over his hand, and he literally lifted his hand and he licked it. He did oh, it. That deserved the use. No, they did it at that point, but they did it when he did the crossface as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Chris Benoit's crossface. They chanted use. Oh, I took note of that. that was, <laughs> it was pretty. It was wild. <laughs> and then, uh, so the ending. The ending actually ended up being pretty great. So they mixed in the whole Don Callis, Kenny Omega, uh, angle in there. And uh, it kind of sucked at first because we thought like Will Ospreay was going to beat Kenny Omega. 
off of the Don Callis thing when you just want to see Osprey Omega just one on one, just those two settle their beef. But uh, Kenny Omega ends up kicking out, and then uh, we'll, they fight for a little bit longer, and then Will Osprey puts him away. It was a nice way to make it look like he had help, but like he actually beat Kenny Omega largely by himself. You know, he had little help. But it wasn't completely because of Don Callis or something. Keeps like that. everybody looking strong. Well, Don Callis did give yeah. him the the screw the screwdriver at the end. But yeah, what is this yeah. goddamn yeah, screwdriver stuff in AEW? Why are they getting all stabby stabby? Like, come on, guys! <laughs> it's a screwdriver. I mean, could you imagine? I like, mean, try just just try it for yourself, Brian. Go ahead and go ahead and stab yourself with the no. screwdriver in the forehead. No, see, I'm good. Like are they, are they trying to bring are they trying to bring up the Montreal screw job? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> Maybe. They try to That could be a, a literal meta- metaphor for the screw job. <laughs> you know, he's jobbing to a screwdriver. <laughs> it could be <laughs> could be. Yeah, could no, be. he is. He, he 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 lost the the cage match to Moxley with a screwdriver. He dropped to the screwdriver, and then you know this time against Osprey. <laughs> and so uh, the main event ended up being uh, Brian Danielson, Kazuchika Okada. Kazuchika Okada is kind of like the John Cena of New Japan, like just just this indestructible monster. He came in at a really young age. Uh, after having a really bad, bad excursion, bad time in uh, TNA, where like he was teaming with Samoa Joe and he just kind of sucked. And then we we're like, well, who is this guy? Who is this dude? And so he goes back to New Japan, becomes a big star there. And thus now he is the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Danielson in a dream match. And oh, this was pretty fantastic. And the thing that made this matchup even cooler is that Brian Danielson broke his arm, as Brian was saying earlier, 10 minutes into the matchup. 10 minutes into the matchup, they wrestled for about 20, 25 minutes or so. And mm-hmm. like, and you could tell that Brian Danielson, something was up. But you can't, like in professional wrestling, like Brian Danielson is uh, a really good seller of injuries in the set. So, Oh, if- Jesus Christ. First of all. Man, apparently he's not that great at selling. He wrestled I ten minutes really... with a busted arm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really thought that whenever Danielson started convulsing in the ring, I thought it was over for that for that guy, man. Like, yeah. Uh, as much as we talk shit about the submarine imploding and all that shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> like. I think I think Danielson at this point, you know, he's taking his own health into his own hands when he does these matches. But I seriously thought that Power Driver did it, I, like the Power yeah. Driver right on the ramp. Yeah, I need. I like. I was like, damn, did did one of his vertebrae shift that he just can't <laughs> move his hand now? That's how my mind was working. I was like, fucking shit. Yeah, this man's gonna be paralyzed tomorrow or something. You know, it's just wheelchair bound. And for Brian, no, Danielson, none of that. He just broke his hand 10, 10 minutes into the match, and then he's like, "Oh, this foul driver! I'll start selling it now." <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> the crowd the way, went silent whenever he started convulsing. In the By the way, on that submarine, did you guys see the news that like they had found, they had known loosely, kind of known about the implosion on the Sunday oh. before, because like apparently we have like 
we we have devices out there, listening devices. So, so that's a thing that everybody knows knows about now. So <laughs> you don't read enough. So yeah, they just let us. They just let us run amok on social media. They just let us run amok on social media because they passed the three D printing uh, meat bill. So now you know. Careful what you purchase in your supermarkets, because now they're gonna three D print all the meats. So fuck that they are not. Laugh it up, guys. We're fucked. They're not free. Just like the acid rain, just like the acid rain from Ohio or whatever. Fuck. We're Yo, fucked. They, don't don't worry. Many more cows will get murdered. It's totally okay. Don't <laughs> worry about that, buddy. We're gonna, we're gonna be eating burgers, USDA grade A beef till the sun comes home. Listen, oh my God. we're gonna be eating those on the Fourth of July, baby. <laughs> Here comes the sun. <laughs> it's roasting yeah. us. <laughs> But it ended up uh, your it, buns. <laughs> do, 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 do. So Danielson, Danielson Okada ended up being an absolutely amazing matchup. It ended up being quite yes. a shocker so at the very. Hold on. We managed to have a George Harrison Beatles singing break in the middle of talking about Brian Danielson. <laughs> Hey, because after after such a great match, you need a you need a break, man. Because the way the match ended with Brian Danielson almost destroying Okada's arms, like you know how I was stretching my arms earlier, and I almost called myself a back spasm. Holy shit! I don't know how the fuck Okada's shoulders are still standing, because Danielson. Ingenuity is his nature because the ground and pound style. I wrote down what did I wrote down. Danielson and Rainmaker, old school banger because of just the ground and pound style. The transitions were amazing, and just the ending submission like that was just splendido. The insane <laughs> part about the submission was that. It was a submission in which, like, yeah, Danielson beat Okada with. Like, first of all, I could have, I would have swore, like, Okada was going to win this matchup. I did, I did not think Danielson was going to beat Okada. I figured Danielson, um, I figured Danielson, um, losing to Okada would have been the, the sort of favor for Tanahashi losing to MJF. You know what I'm saying? Like one of our guys will mm. over your AEW champion if you let one if you let our guy or if you have one of your dudes put our uh, big dude over you know. Big I dude. don't know. I don't know because you got you Sounds got like nobody Punk from New Japan and MJF won. going over. You got <laughs> yeah. Then you got you got two New Japan guys going over with uh, Sack Saber whoever and oh, and he didn't, uh, he didn't win. He didn't win. That, Orange was it. Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. Orange one, uh, uh, Osprey, oh, Osprey over Omega was a big New Japan. Win. Osprey over Omega, and yeah. then also um, uh, Jack Perry losing. So you know that's yeah. two, yeah, two for the for the NJ NJW whatever New Japan Pro Wrestling. Dubs. Great, 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 <laughs> great event. Um, it it was huge mm-hmm. news. It was pretty big news and uh. Japan, bro, got to tap out to Brian Danielson. Uh, pro wrestling is quite a bigger, bigger deal in Japan than it is here in America. Well, um, it, it the, the it way they explained it was uh, newspapers and stuff like their main newspapers, you know. So, 
Yeah. <clears throat> I think they explained it that Okada decided to tap because he didn't want to further damage his, his shoulders or whatever because he has the G1 to prepare for. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, Ricky, you know more more of that than I do. I do. I'm so it would make a little sense for him to be like, "Hey, I'll let go this fictional best in the world, and I'll catch you next year. I got to prepare for my real best in the world." <laughs> also, New Japan Media, they were they were kind of okay with it. Uh, we like we got news that they were okay with it because uh, they kind of they think that it's okay for Okada to lose because he needs to lose probably a little bit more. Like, the hero's mm-hmm. journey is only as good as, like, the obstacles in which you overcome. So, therefore, you know, your hero wow. needs to lose something. That was some so. philosophical <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, great. Well, and, like, you know, re- wrestling being the, the great anime that it is, you know, o- Okada can just make it back in, in a year and it'll be better than ever. Okada versus Danielson part two. I think everybody would pay money to see that. I think Wrestle Kingdom. I think they're going to do it in Japan uh, January, which Ooh. is like their, their, yeah, that's their WrestleMania show. Wrestle Kingdom, the mm-hmm. January 4th, January 5th. I think it's January 4th. It's always on January 4th, January. Yeah. So like the Wrestle Kingdom show, which is a WrestleMania show, I, I could imagine that they're going to run that back. Also, Osprey Omega, probably at All In in Wembley. That's that's that's, yeah. that's what we're looking at. Like, because uh, um, what's his name in a cage? <laughs> oh, Tom Don Callis, Don Callis. Put him in the put him in the shark cage like Chris Jericho. <laughs> hang him above the ring. <laughs> I love it. Hang hang him up at, uh, from the rafters at Wembley from that big uh, arc arch that's coming through the stadium on top of it. Yeah. You know? What's he gonna do? Swoop down Lady Gaga style at the end of the match? He's gonna bluebird it. <laughs> oh Jesus. Ah, oh, that landed flat. Oh, okay, never it's, mind. It's a, we'll keep you don't have the, Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Canada, he went. He know. went there. You say fuck. You say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man. All right. So what's next on the docket, fellas? Uh, well, so money, money man. in the bank is coming up, and. I want to further my um, my disses of one L A night. Yeah, blasphemy. blasphemy. Yeah, no. So I actually got to watch him wrestle, and you know we talked about him being a little stone cold, a little bit of rock, and. And then his finisher is literally a mixture. Well, of so he does this stupid fucking L.A. Knight people's elbow, and I'm like, "Oh, that's great! All right, all right. You know, it's 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 derivative, but I'll take it. It's okay." But then his yeah. finisher, the blunt force trauma, looks like if yeah, you dude. combined a stunner and a snapmare and failed at both, that's what <laughs> it looks like. It was so bad. So I think he was wrestling Rey Mysterio. I think LA Knight. If Rey Mysterio played. doesn't make your finisher look good, your finisher's not good. <laughs> That's just a fact. That's a LA Knight definitely fact. played some. Uh, LA Knight definitely played some SmackDown versus Raw and and used a lot of the creative finisher uh, application 
Yeah, that yes. was a, uh, that's what I used to love to do. Yeah, yeah just no. dumbass shit. He is so, trash. So, so, trash. So, I, I want to say this. Garbage. I do want to say this. Almost I've, the wrestlers better. I've known L.A. Knight for about 10, 10 years, maybe ten, little over ten plus. Ooh, because I was string of honor back in the day. I know from, from, like down from the streets in Rosenberg. DNA, DNA. So he was a he was a develop. He was actually in WWE's developmental system way back in the day. Oh well. By the name of and, he, and, he didn't, and he ended up in TNA. Imagine. I wonder why. Because he's trash. Did not make it. He left. He left. Developed. De- developed a personality. Um, and he used this movie called Blunt Force Trauma. No, it's terrible. It's the worst <laughs> finisher I've ever freaking seen. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you in a second here, Brian. <laughs> so he had this move called Blunt Force Trauma, and it was like he'd hit people with his knee, and then he'd like spin around and clothesline them. It was a pretty cool looking move, but like I don't know why he doesn't use that in WWE. Well, they like called, maybe they just don't see it as a finisher. They called this like, dumbass stummer, stunner snapmare combo a blunt force trauma, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, that was a weak ass force non trauma <laughs> because it was so <laughs> ugly. So I will, I will agree with you in this sense, uh, Brian. After after you did mention how bad he was in the ring, I assessed his ring work. I don't think it's bad, but at the same time, I don't believe that he should win the Money in the Bank briefcase just yet. But if he were to win, I would be super happy just because of his personality and because he's L.A. Knight and because of how charismatic he is. But he needs to do. He needs to. Um. He needs a. He needs to file out like a move set. He needs about like two or three more moves, maybe, like to really put himself over. He just needs to. Like develop a like, little bit more of his moves. Listen, he's never gonna make it because he looks those bug eyes of his. He looks like a Boston Terrier in a denim vest. Okay, <laughs> I tell you. So, so I think a lot of people would agree on the ring work, but like, come on, like the the he, he's never gonna make it. He's this a guy goofy looking dude. I do not. This guy's the most it. over person in wrestling. Right well, that's now. because apparently. <laughs> There's a lot of dumbasses going to wrestling shows. <laughs> hey, what are you trying to say about hey this this whole podcast is about three guys who go to wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the weeks when there's no sports. <laughs> I mean, I may or may not be calling myself out for being a dumbass. <laughs> I'm not gonna call myself out for being a dumbass. You know that's that, that. You know, so, some of the stuff works and some of it doesn't. I like LA Knight because of his charisma. Still, I think he's like a, he's got like a little flair of the rock in him, but he does need to work on his moveset a little bit. That's what I will say. And I don't think he should win the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think he should dethrone Austin Theory at uh, SummerSlam. Give him the U.S. championship. Let him beat Austin Theory. Give him the U.S. championship. Have a little face oh, run. Damn. And then we'll damn. see what he's doing around, like, you know, after WrestleMania next year or something. Hopefully <laughs> retiring. No. 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 <laughs> One of these we times I'm going to yeah, get yeah. you to do a spit take, Ricky. That may or may not have been on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so who wins money in the bank so who wins money in the bank oh, oh i think it's definitely going to go to logan paul and the impulsive podcast you think so i hate yeah, to say just it, imagine the publicity 
I think it's I think just it's just imagine the publicity the publicity at the boxing fight with Nate Diaz and his brother, Money yeah. in the Bank, Mr. Money in the Bank, Jake Paul. Boom. I think it's Logan Money Paul too. Printed. I think I think it's Logan Paul too, but I think number two is Damien Priest for sure. And then I think you got LA Knight. And then as a dark horse, I think you got Shinsuke. I'd love but like, to he see just Shinsuke. Kinda lost to, he just kind of lost to Ricochet on Monday, just clean as hell. So, uh, I mean, yeah, but we'll see. But it, that was a great match, though. Really good matchup. Um, like, the crowd. Yeah. Wow. Speaking wow. Of, of Monday, and I, you know, we'll go into Money in the Bank in depth next week after it happens. Yeah. But Carmelo Hayes had his Raw debut. Now, everything I don't <laughs> like about LA Knight, I freaking love about Carmelo Hayes. That Hello, dude, Melo don't miss, baby. Dude, <laughs> the fadeaway, like that springboard freaking leg drop, like I'm here for yeah. it. Then he did a yeah. – like he, he's like the master of the springboard. He did a springboard DDT, a springboard leg drop. Like, uh, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Let's see that shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for Carmelo Hayes on the main roster too. I I, I want him to chill on the NXT for another year. I kind of wanted Corbin to beat him on well, Tuesday because he was going to debut on. Uh, he was going to come back out on Raw on uh, next Monday and get involved in the Judgment Day's business. After mommy <laughs> warned him not I don't know, to, but <laughs> but I mean, cur- currently Braun Breaker is still slow burning in NXT. They haven't really called him up. You would think, you know, after he lost the, if it's a Triple H ran thing, right? Just like how it was, black in the back in the black and gold era, you know. Once the NXT champion was ready, they called him up, swooped him up, and then the next guy had a fight for the ship. One of the ideas behind that, though, is that uh, they they kind of want to keep Braun Breaker on there because of like NXT is on. It's a developmental, but you do need to keep an eye on the ratings, anchor and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So you need, yeah, they kind of want to keep Braun on there for a little bit longer. Well, also, he can, he, I think Braun, I think Braun is actually ready to go. I thought, I thought he needed a little bit more time, but like, I love him working this heel role that he's working. Like, I think he's actually ready now, but like, yeah, I understand if you want to keep him over there for the ratings, because like the main roster is so stacked. Right. So, you know, you don't have to bring anybody over. That's true. <laughs> You're good to go. You're okay. <laughs> so uh, let's transition from stuff we watched on TV to something that Ricky went and saw live. And the reason why we're recording on Wednesday, not Tuesday, <laughs> as um, Ricky decided he was going to dance, dance. And that uh, he was going down. Is this more than you bargained for yet? Uh, and um, tell I have to ask Ricky, was it a scene? You want or was it a goddamn arms race? It was a blasty blast, man. This concert so, was so... Born. So we dropped a ton of hints, but if you if if you're not if you don't listen to them, you don't know. Ricky went to see Fallout Boy <laughs> last night. <laughs> I did go see Fallout Boy. They were at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion. 
This was, I think, at least my second time seeing Fallout Boy. Maybe the third. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm jealous. Might have been the third. Because <laughs> okay. I saw, I saw him another time with uh, Wiz Khalifa. They came across with Wiz Khalifa at a really cool mix of a concert. I bet. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> so uh, Fallout Boy and Wiz, you got a little rack and rock. Uh, I don't know, rap and rock at the same <laughs> Rack? You got a little rack? Little rack. <laughs> you got a little, got a little rack. rack rack city, bitch. A rack rack city. <laughs> <laughs> got a little rap and rock at the same concert. <laughs> the rack rack city. That was good. <laughs> got a little rap and this one. That might have to be the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> got a little rat, rat, rat. <laughs> and then so uh yeah, this one was just uh, straight up rock, but uh, different mixtures of rock. You had a little bit of punk. Um, so when we first showed up, uh, the first band up, first band up was uh, Daisy Grenade, which um, I didn't really know them. Don't really know anything from them. They were okay. Man, were... Daisy Grenade, Twisted Twigs. Uh, you just put like a bunch of different words in a bucket, and, uh, and you're like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Two nouns, Daisy Grenade. <laughs> they were like a, a female punk band. They were really cool, really cool, really cool way to start this thing off. Really, really awesome name, Daisy Grenade. The second band. Oh, it sounds pretty bomb, though. <laughs> it sounds pretty bomb. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. It's a little flowery for <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, they had some bangers. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> the next band. Was off, it a really fragmented oh, fan base? <laughs> what was were they were they a uh, joker flowers was there a lot of concussion <laughs> with the bass kick how about the light show was there a lot of flash <laughs> or is it what's was it a, just a bunch of smoke okay so please continue where i think we're done Okay, (laughs) I'm just going to clear out and let you guys run. I'm just going to let you guys dance dance for a while. (laughs) And so um, I ended up uh, buying the tickets through uh, StubHub. So we got access to what is the Wood Forest um, Bank Club or something like that up over there? Yeah, okay. So is there like air conditioning? Yes. Hey, there it is. That's why Ricky's here. (laughs) Air conditioning, free food. They had little salads up there. They had some heroes. They had some um, some pizza. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty awesome. So how much how much were your tickets compared to like when you were when you were gazing right? Were you like, all right, this is the club. This is the regular. I do club. Oh, we bought them on no, we bought them on StubHub. So we we got them from somebody who was like, uh, um, it third party like it was a bot. No, <laughs> oh, th- a third party. <laughs> we got them from somebody who I think they were uh, season pass tickets. Okay, so they gotcha. Yeah, so like they had bought like a season pass to the entire to the concert at the Woodlands. I guess they're not yeah. people. They just don't care about 
Fallout Boy and Bring Me the Horizon. They just got the passes for like, you know, Tears for Fears and Willie Nelson or whatever. So, <laughs> hey, what are you saying? Some, 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 I want to uh, go see Tears for Fears and Willie some Nelson. Some classical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind going seeing both of those either. Tears for Fears, uh, they're coming with uh, the Cold War Kids. Nice. So, yeah, that one's going to be really cool. So, um, but anyways... So yeah, we got those. We got uh, those. We got our tickets from StubHub. Someone who had uh, season pass tickets or something like that. And Wood Forest Bank Club. Got some food. Went up in there. The Eros were like crazy good, man. Those are so solid. The pizza was pretty good too. I was just worried about pizza at a concert. It was quite hot. We're in Texas. It's that's just not a great idea. I I would worry <laughs> less about pizza than I would about Heroes with mayonnaise on them. Oh no, these are like these aren't like uh those type of heroes. These are like uh just sort of a very thin sort of um um wet sort of uh not wet, but like yeah, it was it was a different kind of Moist? hero. You're not, yeah. You're not describing well, a good sandwich. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not I'm not I'm not it wasn't a sandwich though. Like they call it a, they called it a hero, but it it wasn't like a sandwich hero. It was, it, it was something else. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they misnamed it. Was it tasty? Because I thought it was, it was quite tasty. Then that's what matters. Quite good. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. So, like, the next band up was uh, the Royal and the, the uh, uh, Royal, Royal and the Serpent. And they had this thing where it says R-E-T-S. And then it was, like, underneath it, it says that stands for Royal and the Serpent's dumbass. <laughs> so, that's their little thing. And they had this, – this band was really awesome. Um, I knew a couple of their songs before I came in. They have this really cool song called uh, Love Abuser. Um, and then they have another bang. pretty cool – Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Really splat, they have huh? another cool song. <laughs> they have another really cool song called uh overwhelm so they were up there and the lead singer is like this uh it's this woman but it's it's kind of hard to tell how old she is she she looks about 60 or something and like a haggard looking 60 but she was up there getting it bro like it was like <laughs> i'm just saying they were really you cool find out really she's 25 and does has, has been doing meth since she was 10 yeah, I was like, you got a story on you, bro. You're like in your 20s. What's going on? Or she's got like Benjamin Button's disease or something. So like, and then the next band up was the band that me and my brother were the most excited to see. One of my favorite bands of all time, Bring Me The Horizon. And Bring Me The Horizon, they're like an alternative band, but they're they're pretty hardcore. They do a lot of screaming. They're basically like a new school screamo band. Um, recently, they've gotten a bit more popish to the displeasure of many of their hardcore fan base. But uh, yes, yeah, so Bring Me the Horizon, who is one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, I talked on this podcast back in the... Royal and the Serpent is essentially just one singer and songwriter named Ryan Santiago. Who was uh-huh. who was twenty nine years old? The lead singer. Yep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, look, I'm not joking. Look at the pull up um, love abuser, and then look up the little because uh, Spotify. I, I'm looking does, at the like, picture. This little, like this, little, yeah, looks older. 
Doesn't looks older than twenty nine, don't they? Uh, yeah. Well, I think uh, I think Ryan might be uh, trans. Okay. Hence the name yeah, Ryan, I and I don't I don't know what, quite what's going on here, but yeah, definitely looks older than twenty nine. Yes, yes. More pride to Ryan, whatever's going on with Ryan, but it's it's, it's just confusing. Like it's a, you know what I'm saying? You just don't know what's you're like, okay, what's going on here? But you know, more power. They were a cool band. Uh next up was uh Bring Me the Horizon, who has uh they have a, these songs called uh Throne and I've spoken before on the podcast about one of my favorite songs of all time, uh Can You Feel My Heart? And they sing another song called Shadow Moses. And well, now I remember yeah, just... something they talked about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, they they were just they were absolutely amazing. They brought out they brought on uh, quite the show. Not a lot to say about them. Just just I just I just love Bring Me to Horizon. And then coming up last was Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. He brought the whole stage show to this thing, bro. Nice. Like, yeah, they had the so they had the red curtain in the background that you might re- that you might remember from the uh, fall uh, the Corktree CD, I think it was. Which one? I think I know the one you're talking about. It wasn't the from uh, un- under the Corktree. From under the Corktree, yeah. From under okay. the Corktree, uh, yeah. The sort of uh, red draping and curtains that they have in the background. They used that for their um, stage show for this one. And they also had like a really cool, weird looking um, like oceanic setup. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of bizarre. Like you saw like um, seahorses and stuff like that. And they had like a whole water theme to everything. It was it was just a really awesome looking stage setup. And then when they sung, um, this ain't a scene. It's a goddamn entree. They brought on this. They brought on this big animatronic dog in the back, like a big ass puppet, kind of like how Muse uh-huh. had. This this was the only okay. other time that I had seen something like that ever before. And it was this big ass dog, like this big ass puppet dog. And then uh, whenever he came to the chorus, this saying a scene. It's a goddamn oh, oh that's awesome. They had the dog like moving the mouth up and down to make it look like it was singing. It was so awesome. And then at some point, uh, the lead singer of Fall Out Boy sat at his piano, and he ended up singing a couple of songs. He sung uh, um, "Somebody to Love," Queen. Nice. He, he sung a little bit of that. He did a little bit of a take on me, and then they went into uh, Don't Stop Believing." Okay. And then, yeah. And then later on, they ended up playing a little bit of a Crazy Train for Black Sabbath. Oh, no so, kidding. Yeah. Okay. Just the whole thing. One of the coolest things that they did throughout this entire performance is, like, so they had the Oceanic set up, and then they shut the curtains, the red curtains, um, a la from Under the Cork Tree CD. And then they brought the lights. They had these lights that were right above them, and they brought them like really low, so it was like right above them. And they had like, um, so they kind of made it look like they were at like Scout Bar or like some little small club or something like that. And they start, and when they did that, they sung like some old school Fallout Boy songs, like some real, like you know, I'm talking about like 
before dance dance and so like, like like yeah first punk like like first punk cd Fallout i was gonna Boy say stuff, like, like actually sounded like punk your great stuff. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like grand theft autumn and stuff like that but they sung that one earlier and then they sung like yeah they just sung they sung dead on arrival like that and then they sung uh they sung something else like that but it was really cool to see them bring down the lights and like turn this monstrous um, Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion show into looking like it was like a small little club show. (laughs) And then they had, if you've been to a Fallout Boy concert, they bring the works. They have like fire going off throughout the entire thing. Just like in the background, just insanity, bro. Like, cause Fallout Boy started out, they've done this really weird little evolution as a band where they sort of started out as like a punk band, like purely punk. Then they went to like alternative music a little bit more so. Now they become sort of like a stadium rock band, like Bruce Springsteen or something with their, um, you know, you will remember me for centuries, those songs like that. So they become like stadium rock fallout boy now. But like, yeah, it was such a badass show, man. Oh my God. It was just a you used show. to be cool, man. You <laughs> sold out on yeah. us, man. You used to be cool, punk Fallout Boy. Now you're Bruce Springsteen and selling <laughs> out medium and stuff. What the hell? <laughs> you act like there's a formula to get rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was- well, as long as you don't end up at the bottom of a submarine, you should be good. <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolutely amazing show. You can never see Fallout Boy or Bring Me the Horizon or you know, you know, you know any of the bands. I, I definitely recommend. It. I am yeah. surprised that with the undersea theme, they didn't sing Under Pressure. <laughs> I think, given the given the events of the uh, submarine submersible, maybe. I mean, all the more reason it. to say it. I mean, we did name last week's episode under pressure. Well, I'll take the responsibility and heat for that. <laughs> hey, I thought we were punk and alternative and against the grain and not giving a fuck what the man said. You know, <laughs> stick it to the billionaires. So even though you're a millionaire. Sure. So yeah, we're gonna so we'll transition from Ricky's awesome time at at the uh Fallout Boy, the punk's gone uh, well I'm not gonna call them sellouts. But <laughs> Oh so 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 hold on, hold on, really quick, I do have to get this in. <laughs> I will remember this concert for centuries. And then also <laughs> also uh Fallout Boy uh, thanks for the memories. This was a great one, guys. And memory spelled M M R S. Thanks for the memories. <laughs> that is that spelled memories? No, he <laughs> just forgot the vowels. <laughs> they were like A E I O U, and sometimes Y. Fuck. Never. <laughs> Fuck those. <laughs> oh boy. So, you know, we, Al, Alan got on this rant about, oh, you sold out, blah blah blah. Well, Ricky and I are going to be corporate shills in a in a week or so. 
<laughs> I'm getting paid decently for we, it. Yes, I'll, I'll sell out. For I, I will sell out for the <laughs> amount okay. of money we're getting. So we're happy. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with so, that. So Dick's House of Sports, little rebrand action for Dick's Sporting Goods. Whoa, is that mm. what that is? Yeah, okay, Dick's okay. House of Sports, and I think it might just okay. be special stores. Well, so they can just call it. So they can just call it Dick House now, right? <laughs> I mean, I was gonna kind of go hard shilling for them, so I was kind of kind of avoid dick jokes. <laughs> but I mean, that's not really we us. Appreciate you having us, though. We truly appreciate it. <laughs> um, they are doing grand openings for two new stores, and uh, Ricky and I will be DJing them. Yeah, so, baby, both of them. So Ricky is doing the Katie store. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I am doing the Baybrook store. Yo, that's clutch! Yep. Wow. <laughs> so, and no they're doing way, like a, a fan fest out in the parking lot, which is what we'll <laughs> be doing. So it's going to be a hot day, of course, hot three days because mm-hmm. it's a three day uh, deal. And um, we've got some uh, special guests coming by. Um. We have two of the same and then one different. And so I'm not going to say what days and times because I'm just going to encourage people to show up and come see us. We don't do many events that are truly public. Yeah. So like a lot of my friends are like, man, I want to see you DJ. And I'm like, well, get invited to one of these weddings, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't know. We do, we do private events, man. Yeah, so this is – and this is why I'm announcing it on the podcast because, yeah, you know, we don't do many public events, so come see us at one of our few. But um, Ricky and I both will get visits from Cheryl Swoops <laughs> and C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, Ooh, bro. CJ I'm getting C.J. Stroud shelter. Selfie. I'm definitely getting a selfie. And um, I will be getting a visit from Clyde the Glide Drexler, Rockets and Trailblazers legend. And Ricky, you will be getting somebody that, you know, if you're a Seattle fan or a Yankees fan or even a Phillies fan, you might not want to come because it's (laughs) your daddy, your Don Alvarez. Down, Coming baby. to see Ricky. <laughs> so Coming to see me do my DJ and thing. Yep. That's why he's going to be there. He just come, He just wants to come out and see me. It's not for Dick's ha- Dick House or anything <laughs> like that. He's just coming out. <laughs> so it looks like they have like a batting cage simulator and a golf simulator now. And like there's a lot going on. So yeah, I went into a Dick Sporting Goods uh, when they were Dick Sporting Goods. Uh, <laughs> it seems like so long ago when they were doing sporting goods. Like, seems uh, like just yesterday. In the 86 years. <laughs> so I went into one a few weeks ago. Like I had a gig and I had some time to kill in between. And I went into one and they had like a little golf deal. Yeah. Yes. I was definitely going to be hitting up that putt putt thing in the middle of DJ and just put it on auto play. <laughs> See Ricky over on the putting green. He's going to walk out of there with a Scotty Cameron and be like, I don't know what to do with this, but it was expensive, so it must be good. I took it. I don't know. 
I spent a lot of time testing out putters at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods and uh, Golf Galaxy Putting Greens. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I never buy one. My ancient ass brass mini golf putter it just like it serves me well, so I never buy a new putter. <laughs> <laughs> so come by Dick's. Come by Dick House. And see us uh, playing a little bit of Drake, some Flow Riders, some, <laughs> Absolutely. Some, some Harry Styles. Some, I, I'm going to mix in some Fallout Boy in there, Hell too, yeah. as well. So, yeah, they got Stadium Rock now. Yeah. A little dance dance. I'm going to get it going, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's July 7th through 9th. So we could we could have actually waited till next week to talk about it. But I was so excited after looking at who was coming to visit us, there is also CJ Stroud. We bring in CJ Stroud, dude. Like I'm gonna, he's gonna look weird in a photograph with me, but yeah, I'm gonna. He's gonna be like, "Who's this <laughs> guy?" <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we're also no, nah, no, nah, CJ. It's for the DJ. It's for the DJ, bro. Come on, take a pic, take a pic. <laughs> Come on, put my headphones on. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're also the gonna DJ get a visit from. <laughs> A couple famous Peloton instructor instructors that I guess are going to oh, be nice. doing a uh, demo. Ross Rayburn and Houston native Tundi Owyanin, I think. Huh. I don't know if I got her name right. Um, but, yeah, so they'll be doing demos if you want to learn how to, you know, ride a Peloton. Pedal your way over to Dick's House of Sports. um so let's see um (laughs) so i put on the show notes brian and ricky are playing dicks (laughs) 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 so it looks like we're gonna have a a a dick off (laughs) <laughs> we're we're going to definitely be uh, seeing who can be better at dicks. <laughs> oh, I'm going to please dicks. I'm going to make sure they want me to come back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, good thing we got CJ Stroud and not Deshaun Watson, you know. Hey-o! That would have been a dilemma. Heyo. I'd be afraid to get a selfie with Deshaun. At Dick's, he'd have been like, "Y'all sell massage tables here, right?" <laughs> Watch your hands, not me, Deshaun. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So, um, next week's episode, we will preview the UFC fight coming up July eighth. Um, mm-hmm. Alan, I saw that on your show notes, and I think that'll. That'll be good to do next week. So we'll we'll review Money in the Bank and preview UFC next week. Um, Elliot update. Um, he is still doing well, progressing. Um, I didn't get over to see him this week. I started to go over and I got a text message said, uh, "I just." His wife said, "I just talked to Elliot and he said he's really tired." So they must be putting him through it in the therapy, which is a good thing. That's a good thing, yeah. So yeah, that is a good and thing. And the fact that he's communicating like, nah, I'm too tired to have a visitor. Like yeah. also a good <laughs> thing. Like 
I was yes. I was all bummed, Personal but at the same time, I was ecstatic. Like, yeah, he's you know imposing his own will, and that's a very positive sign. You know, yep. He's not just being <laughs> passive and taking all of our shenanigans around him. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Elliot's ever going to do that. Well, he kind of spent the last six months doing it because he wasn't really all that communicative. Had to, yeah. You know, yeah. so this to me is a positive sign. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, I want some alone time. Damn it. <laughs> so. Oh boy! So with all that, I think uh, I think we're at the end of the night, fellas. This was a good time. Late, you. all of our listeners, thank you. Catch us on social media on Facebook at Space City Recreation and Entertainment. Also on the Dirty Dina Studio Facebook page. Catch us on Instagram at. Space City SRE. And on Twitter at Space City RE. Catch me on Instagram at Brian's Beer Show and on Twitter at this underscore those. Catch Ricky outside if you can at Dick's. <laughs> catch me a dip. Catch me watching. Righteous, catch me watching a uh, righteous gemstone. Hell which yeah! Is back. Hell yeah! It's, it's okay. Love oh it. my god, this show is so yeah. funny this season. It's awesome. Judy gemstone. Judy gemstone. Please marry me. I love you so much. <laughs> Edie Patterson. She is so funny on this. She's show. so funny, but Judy I wouldn't Gemstone. marry her. Judy gemstone's a hot mess. <laughs> I, I don't care i want all the mess also the bear the bear is on hulu please watch this show literally it's so good literally just please started this watch this show i need more people to watch this so we can get more seasons so it no, it's already cool. season two also, or whatever already confirmed also of note i watched renfield today oh kind of fun fun Did movie you watch it? yeah can't figure out the Nicholas damn plot Kate. And Nicholas Cage goes crazy. It was Aquafina's not in the right role for Aquafina, but it's still that's really who fun that was. to watch. Yeah, Aquafina. <laughs> yeah, she's great in like Nora from Queens and everything else. I thought I just she was good like in this one. She was okay, but I just didn't like her in the role so much. Uh, listen, Nick Cage just goes crazy, bro. Real, they just told Nick Cage just yeah. be a wild vampire and have a field day. Yeah, listen, that movie so was fun. very much a fever dream and I'm here for it. It was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very fun movie. Check that out. All right, so we, we got into another segment after the outro because, you know, sometimes we do that. <laughs> hey, one thing we didn't talk about Sunday was the Mexico game versus the Honduras which apparently this the whole uh, boycott was lifted, and then the whole stadium just filled up before the game started, and you know all the fans were there. Well, of course you're not gonna get refunds. They're not gonna refund you, so it's like fuck, we're going. And then you know there was all these fights in the stadium, so I guess we're we're still in the same position. <laughs> Mexicans fighting Mexicans in the stands. It was pretty pretty wild. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Even yeah. in the club, even in the club section, which was wild. So I'm actually kind of glad we didn't Wait, go. the fancy people well, the, were fighting? 
<laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, for for two fifty, I mean, it's not really fancy, people. I mean, you're just spending money to, to go, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you're like, fuck it, I'm going. It's not caviar; it's just like premium beer. <laughs> yeah, it's a cash it's not bar. It's not you're champagne and a, caviar, a but it is, <laughs> but it is high life, and uh, you know. Um, cheesesteaks. Yeah, glizzies. <laughs> ultra, ultra white glizzies. It's ultra and glizzies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Oh, so boy. before we get on off, off on a bigger tangent. <laughs> so uh, to all our fans, all 12 of you, thank you. We appreciate you. Come see us at Dick's next weekend. We'll talk to you next week about all the other shenanigans going on and why LA night still sucks. And um, in the meantime, if you're doing something cool, Ooh, we got to make hit us up. We got to make little podcast stickers for you guys. Yeah, right. To, to the DJ. <laughs> little QR <Yeah>. code. <laughs> so get out there and see Space City. Got a little rack rack city, bitch. <laughs>